0: views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.
1: There's been a big reaction to this switcher.ie report that ranked Limerick the last of 50 urban areas for work-life balance and Kate Lawler of switcher.ie joined me on the show yesterday to explain more
2: it was quite quite expansive i mean i think work work life balance um well expansive in that work life balance as a topic is is broad but um you know i guess we didn't take in you you can't take in everything you can't take in cultural you know art galleries i mean there there are obviously plenty of other things and 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 also each each of the the factors that that we did Choose, um, you know, they, they did come with specific uh, uh, pieces of data that, you know, that, that helped us kind of score against the work-life balance topic. But when it comes to kind of Limerick, you know, I guess it didn't fare as well as some of the others. But again, it's, it's not to say that it, it has bad services or a place to live. It's just more bad place to live. It's just in the context of, of, of the study, it was a bit lower than, than other spots but if we right, but, but, I mean, you're, you're saying 30. there Kate
1: that the, you know, the range isn't that wide, the gap isn't that big but I suppose most people listening this morning will say well surely there has to be a significant gap between number 1 and number 50 bottom of the list where Limerick is in the work-life yeah. balance survey
2: Yeah I mean the, the way that the, the index was done I guess um, the overall score for instance for, for Castle Bar was you know 7.5 and then the overall score for Limerick was, was 3.3 so it's, it's taking all of that data and then and then you know kind of creating um, an, an index for it but if you pull out specific pieces of data and um, for instance you know house prices uh, broadband speeds and um, you know again you, you can get a different story uh, so it's just cross as you say
1: across the expansive range yes and when you come up with a total score for each county That's right, so there's uh, Kate Lawler uh, from switcher.ie they uh, were responsible for this report, Uh, Sean Golden is Chief Economist and Director of Policy at Limerick Chamber which is the business body for the region, good morning to you Sean Uh,
0: how concerned are you about this headline for Limerick? Yeah, I I suppose the only thing, Joe, that concerns me is the actual branding of it. I'm not concerned with the underlying data. Um, And I'll explain there, I suppose I grew up in a time in Limerick where we had to be very conscious of the brand nationally, um, a lot of places in Dublin didn't help us with that. So I'm more concerned with the actual branding issue than the underlying metrics. And I suppose the reason why I'm not concerned with the metrics is they're they're not really reflective of work-life balance. I think firstly, look at the definition of work-life balance. It's how your work life interacts with your private life. So if I'm working 100 hours a week in the chamber, my work-life balance isn't great the number of coffee shops per thousand people has no bearing on my work-life balance. Like if you look at the underlying metrics in the report, it would lead you to believe that if we took every building in Limerick and filled it with a a cafe, that it would be higher up on the list because that's one of the metrics they look at is cafes per 1,000 people. Another thing they look at is leisure facilities per 1,000 with no account of the size of the leisure facility. So you can take something like UL, which services a massive portion of Limerick and Tipperary and the UL Arena Olympic-sized swimming pool, but it would be only kind of counted as one, not necessarily, you know, where you compare that to Castle Bar that probably has a number of community centers. So I think we all have to be very conscious when when studies like this come out and, you know, any index comes with a, with a health warning. It's as simple as that. And as Kate said, you know, it's never reflective of the overall situation. Another thing I suppose that worried me about it was house prices. But the house price isn't controlled for someone's wages. So obviously someone in Castle Bar more than likely does not have the opportunities, employment opportunities that we have here in Limerick, the Midwest and the earning potential. So their house prices are lower, whereas the only metric here is the actual house price. If we look at Limerick, we have the highest disposable income outside Dublin. Like nobody else compares to us that wasn't included as well and then, if you kind of look at the wider like investment like on our website with our strategic development pipeline, we've about seven billion euro worth of infrastructure underway across the entire region, so it was kind of things like that wasn't taken into account now to be fair there was there were some valid points I think green space is one that we're all conscious of in Limerick. Um, I think that's why the likes of Arthur's Key is extremely important. But, you know, I'd be worried about the branding issue more than the underlying data. I wouldn't think that out of 50 kind of urban spaces or towns that Limerick is the bottom of it, um, certainly not using these metrics. And look, I mean, the obvious point
1: here is that if we had come number one, well, we'd probably be jumping up and down about this and going, this is great, our work-life balance is fantastic.
0: A, that's absolutely correct, but we didn't, so it's important that we fight our corner, you know. <laughs> it, 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 that is a point. And it, also, there is a long-term strategy
1: around the brand of Limerick from every perspective, and we know that, um, and it is important, isn't it? Because the truth of the matter is, whether it's the multinational sector or businesses from other parts of the country considering investing in the Limerick region uh, or looking for more resources from governments
0: or visitors to the area, it matters. It, it it absolutely matters, like from all aspects of society, Joe, from people starting up businesses indigenously, from people bringing in businesses from abroad and And tourism, like people pay attention to this stuff, especially in a time when items online can kind of go viral pretty, pretty quickly. We've seen that in the past with Limerick, that something gets picked up on that is not reflective of modern living in Limerick at all. Yeah, also.
1: And the other criteria, I mean, you mentioned some of them, you know, the major supermarkets, um, the primary schools, GP surgeries, uh, crime rates, as you say, house prices. Um, and, and, you know, somebody was making the point yesterday, one of the listeners, that actually it is difficult at times to get kids into certain schools in Limerick, which would be an issue we believe in the likes of Castlebar.
0: Yeah, and that's reflective of, you know, the demand for people to live in Limerick. Um, You know, not not to disrespect Castle Bar or anything, but is that demand there for a critical mass of people to move there because of foreign direct investment employers? Probably not. I think it is feedback that we get. You know, people struggle with GPs, people struggle with school places, but a much more appropriate way to look at it is either a pupil teacher ratio or a GP ratio kind of family ratio or something like that i don't think it's good enough to just say there's a school here like one school might fit 30 people and the other school might fit 600 so we we have to have a look at the places and the number of teachers as well is critical because even if a school holds you know 600 people they could only have two teachers technically which isn't ideal for 600 students so that's why with these indexes it's difficult
1: yeah, we're only six years away from the end of the Limerick 2030 strategy and there have been a lot of developments in that uh, over that time since it was launched in 2013. What is your sense of 2024 for Limerick? Do you see it as a big year? Do you think we will see increased
0: momentum where it matters? Um, it's it's tough to say, you know, like if, if you look at, we'll say, I come on, Joe, with you a lot and speak about houses – so last year, twenty twenty three, compared to twenty twenty two, we built twelve more houses. You know, it's it's not enough. Like we're not at the races, but then again, nowhere else is. So it's it's kind of okay, or it's it's. So so the the stats
1: from the CSO that suggested what was it uh, almost eight hundred house completions? It was
0: seven eight seven. That's twelve more than what we did in the previous year. So there was a couple of people saying, that, you know, it was the most we ever did by twelve. You know. So, you know, 12 more people or 12 more families to get a house. So if for 2024 to be a big year, we've the local elections and we've the directly elected mayor, two critically important things. You know, we might have a general election, who knows. Depending on what those people run on, particularly the mayor who will actually have some bit of power to to change things, depend, depending on who goes in, it could be a pretty big year. But I mean, we like... We have no problem creating jobs, it's brilliant and we're very attractive outside but you know you want to nurture that and protect it and to do that we need to get get real about housing.
1: Okay. Well we'll talk to you about that and many other issues over the course of 2024 as you mentioned there's a, a lot of politics at play as well. That's Sean Golden who's Chief Economist and Director of Policy at the Business Body Limerick Chamber. Your views your
0: news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.